Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. Everybody and welcome to the SFL Audible. It's your host of the evening, Nelson Lozano. We got Khalil Thomas. Uh, Bernard Smith should be joining us shortly if he hasn't already. So, hello everybody. I hope you had a wonderful week, a weekend. Sorry. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the SFL Audible on Monday. Uh, and. You know, I hope I hope this week was a, a great week for you, a great weekend for you. You're starting off your week with us, um, and all things talking about the SFL and anything in between. KT, how you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good, man. We got Bernard on the line, so Bernard's joining the show right now. Yes, Bernard, sir, how you feeling up, tonight? I'm all right. How you guys feel? How you guys feeling? Good, good, good. You know, just here ready to discuss some topics of this sort. I know you were just, uh, you know, not to spoil it, but I know you were just on another show recently, right? Not too not too long ago. All right. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, that was with Ashley Jackson? Yes, yes, yes. That should be coming out later, out later on this week. Awesome, awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Um, but let's kind of get into to today's topic. So uh, we were talking about games that were the most impactful for us. So uh, the concept of this, and again, if you guys want to join us, uh, you can call into the show or you could join us on Discord. Uh, if you are going to call in the show, call 516-418-5467 or join us on our Discord channel at Inside the League. Um, to jump in the chat and talk live and whatnot. But, um, yeah, first topic is games that are most impactful. KT, if you want to go ahead and get started. Uh, yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of a new head to, to the league, but I started watching in season 14, and I really didn't know what, it, what, what this was. I'm just watching it, and my friend's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I don't know. It's up on TV. Um, and I watched it, and I watched it, and I think it was the season 14 championship game that Atlanta won. And I watched the whole game from beginning to end. Before that, I was watching it on and off. Uh, and I think this was the game where there was a halftime show with a rock band. And I saw it on 11 Sports because I saw the game. So I was like, they got like a, they got like a real halftime show? I'm like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> and that kind of got me really interested in it. And then the one game that really got me it was the first um, SFL-M championship game. And I think Mikey and Proto was calling that game. And just like the championship game, that game was pretty exciting as well. And that's what got me hooked. I think that night is when I actually signed up on Discord and got involved. So the night of the SFLN uh, championship game, season one, is when I actually signed up and got in the league. So those two mm-hmm. games leading up to it, obviously I was interested, but those two games right there kind of sucked me right in. Awesome. And what about yourself, Bernard? I'll be completely honest. When it started for me, it didn't start with the game. Um, it, the, the community is what drew me in, uh, to be completely honest. So I can definitely say, like when when uh, Nelson, when you had first showed me the league, I was not I was not sold on it at first. <laughs> but then the uh, the watching the draft, not not this past draft, but the the season before that, just seeing the the commentators on there, the production behind it, you know, how they had each draft pick. We had five commentators commentating on what they thought, who was going to be picked, where are they going. That was probably the most exciting thing for me. Because quick glance, if you're just scrolling, you would think you were looking at ESPN, the way that it's set up. Like, it's amazing. So that that's really what locked me in, to be completely honest. And that after seeing the draft is when I made my profile. Yeah. Bernard, real fast, and, um, real fast, when I should... yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, actually, what about the what about the league? Weren't, weren't you feeling when you first heard about it? Because I, I I get that my my friends kind of watched it with me. You know, we had to sit around drinking beers on like a Friday, and they're like, I don't get it. And once you watch it, you have to kind of get into it. What 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 about the league? Didn't you're like, yeah, I'm not sure about. So so my my first thoughts is because I like one 
Madden is not the greatest game as it was once before. Mm-hmm. But I still play Madden. You know what I mean? I still play football games. So when he first showed it to me and then I saw that we were using a game from 2008, I'm like, yo, what is this? Because it was very, it was very <laughs> off-putting. Because because I've never, I've never, I didn't even play this game when it came out during that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so it was just like it was just it just caught me off guard. After 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 having the game now, looking at the mechanics, and I look at the way the game flows, like um, even even watching some of the scrimmages right now. If you watch the scrimmage when we don't have any live commentators and they actually have the uh, the game breaks and stuff like that. The production from that 2K80 is better than the Maddens that are out now. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it's true. It's crazy, but it, 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 off a of first glance, you're not going to think that without, you know, playing or, or you know, actually investing some time into the league, though. Yeah, I think um, when you realize that it is more about everything in, in total, and I'm going to tell you, those preseason games, as, as fun as they are, I do miss the real commentary, though. Real commentary, I think, makes it that much more special. But you can see the difference with commentary in a game that's from 2008, right? I think that's actually 2007, maybe 2008. But it's still being used today and still has better quality than Madden. That speaks volumes of what you're expecting out of it, right? Um, So thinking about it, so I started in season 14 as well. And if any listeners are listening that have been here longer, please call in. Please answer in the chat. Um, you know, what is your most impactful game? Um, share with us. But um, it's a little tough because my most impactful game was when I was with New Orleans. But I'd be, I'd be remiss if I say I remember what that first game, who that was against. Um, I would say the most, I guess, impactful that I've seen um, or when that was talked about a lot, right? Let's talk about that. Was in season 15 when Portland went against Denver and mm-hmm. almost won it. I think that was a huge game because, one, that was the ex-coach versus ex-owner type of game. Um, and Portland starting off really strong was making a somewhat of a statement, but at the end of the day, Denver won the game. But it was such an impactful game because I kind of felt like it was like that David versus Goliath. It was that team, that underdog team, who nobody thought was even going to give Denver a competitive game, ended up giving them a really competitive game. And I think another impactful – and the thing is, I wish I could remember who the first team was, but I remember the team. The team I'm talking about is, uh, is, uh, is uh, Louisiana, right? So when Louisiana got started after being sold from being the New Orleans Pharaohs to the Louisiana Revolution, um, it, I think that first game, right, that first game that uh, one pickler was just switching over from St. Louis to here, they got Sarah Storm from London, like that, and, and not knowing what you were going to get out of there, plus still keeping key pieces like Tank Bennett um, from uh, – the original Pharaoh squad, it ended up being where you were really excited to see what happens. And you saw there was a run for Louisiana for the longest where they really did dominate. Um, but I felt like that was the most impactful because you didn't really know what you were going to get. That was a huge turnaround from the season before that as the Pharaohs, which I was part of, that was maybe more of a lackluster season than expected. So um, it, that's the kind of, I would say is, is a huge game for me. It, it just kind of seeing what that was, because I remember all the, I don't want to say hype, but all the build-up to it. You know, Pickler was trying to decide what teams he was going to go. I don't think many people thought he was going to leave St. Louis. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what they put together in Louisiana was really big and memorable. So I feel like that was such a huge piece to it as well. And uh, just to kind of shout out really quickly, so Ashley said that show of yours, that you'll be on, Bernard, will be on uh, out be out on Thursday. So any listeners who are listening out, uh, AJ uh, SFL Nights with AJ Stryker, uh, she will have Bernard Smith, our own Bernard Smith of the Inside the League team, uh, be on and uh, be in an interview uh, with uh, with Ashley Jackson. So that should be awesome. That she just 
put it on there that that will be on yeah, Thursday. Sure. Shout so out, really shout great out job to there. It was a great, great interview. Yeah. So, um, I think again, you know, kind of giving, and again, if any uh, anybody wants to call in, uh, they can call into the number five one six four one eight five four six seven, or uh, you can go on the Discord uh, and put in. Uh, some information here. Now, we do have somebody who reacted, which is the Scorpion King, uh, talking about some of their most impactful games. So we got Season 10 and 11's Conference Championship game was uh, Eddie Gage's favorite owner of the Arizona Scorpions. And the GM for the Arizona Scorpions uh, just said that uh, the most impactful game, one of them, was the Alaska Storm taking on the uh, Seattle Tyrants. The Storm was winning with a, a little less than a minute left on the clock in the fourth quarter. We were all uh, giving them congratulations. Then with a full, with the Hail Mary pass, Seattle won three seconds left. So, huge, that, that sounds like it was a huge game. Now, the Seattle Tyrants and, are now the Lone Star Glory. So, for those listeners who have not been around that long, um, you're now your Seattle Tyrants are now the um <laughs> and I gotta shout out Bob on this one but we'll go with that. But Seattle is now Star Glory. Uh, as well as the Alaska Storm is the Florida Storm we ended up moving from Alaska to Florida. Uh, way better weather and probably more fans who probably will be willing to watch than sitting there and um <laughs> and uh, uh what's it called? Uh uh freezing their butts off watching this game. Uh Bob Funk uh, favorite uh, one was Portland's win against Houston with a huge four, uh, fourth quarter comeback with only five minutes in the fourth quarter went ahead and turned it around and ended up beating Houston. So those are really huge impactful games uh, as well. Now uh, uh, Nelson, hold on one second. Yeah. We actually got a call on the line from uh, 708 area code. 708, you're on the air. What up, though? Hey, what up? what up, though, Eddie? <laughs> My man. My man, Bernard. What's going on, fam? <laughs> what's going on? Um, life is good, man. You know, just blessed to be here, man. Blessed to be healthy, man. Just ready to get this season started. It's been a long off season. But what's going on, fellas? No, much, Eddie. Talking about the most impactful games you remember yeah. uh, in, in the SFL. So I know you said championship 10 and 11 were, the mo- were your favorites. Do you mind kind of elaborating why and who was in those top, that, that season 10 and 11 championship? Uh, it, was, it wasn't actually a championship. It was a conference title game uh, of seasons 10 and 11. It was my first season coming from Baltimore when when the Baltimore Crabs folded for a season. I didn't have a home, and I had like five or six teams reach out to me, ask me to be their defensive coordinator, and I ultimately ended up choosing Houston because, um, you know, at that time I had been knowing DeMond for like 10 years already before the SFL, so um, I agreed to come to his team, and – both those both of those seasons, we made it to the conference championship game, and we actually lost. One season we lost to uh, the first season we lost to Jacksonville late in the fourth quarter, and the second season we lost to Florida back when they were. In, I'm sorry, Alaska back when they were uh, the Alaska Storm in a conference championship. I mean. Both games went down to the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter. And both of those games, I thought we were going to win it. And I was just, man, you couldn't tell me we weren't going to win because our sins were looking good. Our defense was on fire. Kent Tez was probably the offensive, I think he was the rookie, offensive rookie of the year, our quarterback. Before that, we had, um, I can't even remember the guy's name right now. Apologies at the top of my head. As a, another quarterback, and we were just rolling, man. And, Everything just like it just fell into place, but we just couldn't. We had to lead the entire game, I think, in both games, and lost it late in the fourth. And oh my God, they hurt. But although they were tough losses, man, it was just 
fun to be part of season 10 and 11 Houston Hyena teams, man, because we were just knocking down everybody, man. That, that season was just so fun to be a part of. So, I mean, there are a bunch of games that, you know, I mean, being here since season three, I can show them, but those two in particular, man, were just great to be a part of. I think what's, um, what's crazy is I saw a video of you. You were at one of the conventions. Gosh, I wish I mm-hmm. wish I knew. I think this was the Atlanta one. I think this is the one that you got inducted in the Hall of Fame. But you yeah, weren't an owner yet. Atlanta. I think you were you were you were with uh that was your last season as being the defensive coordinator. And you and DeMond yeah, are sitting yeah. there. And yeah. uh, you know, just kind of the games lined up and everything and I'm like, Man, that's the last time you see Eddie being a coordinator and then moving on to an owner. So it was pretty cool to see some of the old history with you guys or whatnot and um you definitely made an impact, right? And the stuff that you're doing in Arizona, to be honest with you, is uh, is very good. I saw the preseasons, man, and these rookies are, are starting to really turn it up for you too, which is awesome to see. Just putting them on the field and seeing them make some plays, it's pretty awesome as well. So, thank you, Eddie. I appreciate it, man. I mean, um, before we move on to the next topic, though, uh, I do want to ask you: What do you think the future of the league is headed? Like, what do you think the next future moves for the league is? Uh, I mean, as I tell Cam all the time, you know, him and I kind of got into it today, so he's probably not liking me right now. But uh, as I tell him all the time, the league is great, man. I mean, we're in a great place right now, and uh, I, I like where we where we sit. However, Cam is not done, man. We we got a we got you know we we've come a long way. As I said, you know, a number of times, I remember back in the day when we were happy just to have, you know, seven, eight people watching the game. That was considered a lot. And now we got a TV deal, you know. this It's crazy how, how you know, blessed the SFL has been in that aspect. We are done, man. Cam is growing this thing, you know, exponentially. And it's only a matter of time before – you know, he gets that phone call or knock on the door, you know, with another opportunity. It's it's going to come, and it's, it's going to grow even more, and it's going to be to the point where people are fighting to get here, you know, fighting for a spot. You know, guys mm-hmm. now are fighting for a spot. As you've seen, we, we haven't even – we got guys who didn't go – who didn't get drafted, who we all were certain were going to get drafted. I mean, uh, there's a number of guys, Michael Hammer. You know, I can go on and on of guys who I was just certain would get drafted and did not. And so the the fight that these guys have to get picked up, you know, it's it's it's, it's a lot of pressure, you know. And you think there are guys who are going to be shoe wins to get drafted, and they they don't get the call, and then have to wait, you know, to the following season to get drafted. You know, there's a couple of quarterbacks who got drafted who last season didn't get drafted. And you know, if if they're patient, wait their turn. You know, you, you hope that their name gets called. But uh, some people's names don't get called. And as much as it is a dogfight now, you know, moving forward, you know, once this thing blows up, I can just imagine the number of people who are going to be waiting for their names to get called but don't get that opportunity because, the you know, the the number of applicants is many, but the number of slots is not, you know, the is, is not as great. So, People have to just wait their turn, hope they get caught. If they don't, you know, just turn around, have another crack at it. And, you know, like I say, man, this thing isn't done. It, it, there's no telling where this thing can go. I mean, it, it's only a matter of time before we are, we are even on a larger, you know, television network. Cam is making money. He can, His wife can retire if he wants to. Who knows? And it's all crazy because it's all based off a game that was made back in 2008, you know. And uh, despite the age of the game, I think it's the best one out there. I, I don't think Madden touches this game, to be honest with you. And, you know, if, if Cam just stays the course, there's no telling, man, where this thing can go. I, mean, I, I don't even want to put a cap on it because I, I, I believe in it that much. And I don't want to put a cap on where this thing can go because I think the sky's the limit for us. Yeah. I think, I think again, it ends up being – like my my I what I see for the future to go through is being more of a 
I guess it's more on the content side, but continuous content, right? Similar to like an NFL network or ESPN, right? Where yeah, you can go and continuously find content even after the games and before the games and during the you know during halftime and just all the yep. things you see now around the NFL that will kind of provide um, constant coverage, right? Because that's that's the thing that I see now is is the issue. You could be a fan. Right, and you see all the all the information on the bottom of the screen saying, "Hey, join us on Discord and everything else." But if you're a casual fan, you want to kind of enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it, and maybe not everybody's going to be a Discord user or whatever the case may be. So if they want to follow us in a way that they feel comfortable, then having a way to continuously access the content. I know with the new website that links us all together. So links, you know. Uh, SSL Nights with AJ Stryker, links Dave Access's show, right? Links Coach's Corner, links uh, Inside the League, and SSL Audible, right? So all these links mm-hmm. will be there, but I see that next feature being, hey, where our shows move forward. Like, you know, where it is a live web series or a live web show or a way that you can access shows every single time and they stay continuous. I think that will be the next step. I know Cam is talking about automation, and, and that's more for the people side and the team side, right, to, to help with that process because Lord knows it, 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 what the, two, the few people who do it, I give them all the respect in the world because it's not easy. But uh, we know automation is the next point where the league wants to go in the standpoint for the, for the player side. And, and when that happens, like Cam said, that will allow more of that expansion to have more teams, to have more competition, right, and to have more content for teams, which is awesome. But I feel like the next step that we need is a way to control. Right now we have, you know, for the fans and the 11 sports putting on, but what, how crazy would it be if he had his own SFL network, you know, um, that we could put our own games on, have our own content. I mean, shoot, play the documentaries that we all have, like that have been around that are on YouTube, right, putting up conventions, just having all content all the time, which I know requires a lot. Like we need to require a sponsor to really have that. But to know that that could be a future move, that that's what kind of excites me, right? Like I think you hear a lot of us content creators don't didn't really expect to be content creators, but if we were able to get our stuff out there to the mass masses, because we 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 want to draw in real fans. I always talk about that all the time, right? You could draw in players, but I want to draw in real fans. I want fans to come and say, "Hey, I follow Portland because you know I'm in Oregon or I'm in the in the in the uh, West you know area, and I really believe in them. And I want a, a Nelson Lozano jersey. I want to get a Portland Fleet helmet, right? Like that's what I really want to have for us because there has to be a point where you have your fans and you have players." And, yep. you know, it's cool to have players, but to have fans, then you, you're starting to be in people's homes just because they want to support you and be part of that. And I think that's the next part of the experience. For a lot of us, we were enjoy, we enjoyed the simulation and what it brings. But I want to bring real fans because real fans will also bring in more exposure. Merchandising, right? Like our actual merch would sell exponentially <clears throat> because now you have real fans that say, hey, I want to, I want to get a Hall of Fame Eddie Gaze jersey. I want to get that the the scorpions, you know, um, sweater and all these kind of things, right? And I think that's the next for me, the next feature of this league. Where if we can get it to that point, and I'm be honest with you, I, I you're right, the sky's the limit. There is no, there's nothing like this on TV now, other than ourselves, straight up to the point. And as you know, Eddie, through the years, there's been leagues that have came and gone, right? And but the the problem that they end up having is one they don't have the production value and two they don't always have the most kind of passionate people who would go above and beyond not even getting paid to make sure this league this league lives and breathes and I just feel like the next step is how do we get content twenty four seven which will always give us the exposure. And it would allow us to also try different things. How cool would it be if you had a, a 30 for 30 with the Arizona Scorpions? And they do on oh, ESPN, uh, right? Or, yeah. or, or, or talking about the history of the league on TV 
with some of these great qualities that we have with, with the documentary. I always talk about how great that documentary is. I think we need an updated one with yourself, who's been a huge advocate for the league. I mean, you are all on every single content show out there, and it's appreciated, Eddie. Like, you don't understand how much we appreciate you taking the time of doing that. But like yourself, you need to be in a documentary. Folks need to understand the owner of the Scorpions and, and, and the passion and the drive. I mean, shoot, that interview that you and I did is what got, you know, you and Bernard to start talking, right? And look at that connection now. So yes, I sir. think having that – Having, <laughs> having that, uh, that 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 type of stuff, I think is the next level, and I, I hope that as soon we could think about it. I mean, I, I joked with Ashley. I said, "Hey, you might get a job with ESPN one day, right?" But who needs ESPN if the SFL has their own content channel, their own content, you know, things that plays all the time, and now we can come up with great ideas like a thirty for thirty, or hey, like an example, what Baltimore did. For their to talk about their season is probably the like amazing what they did on the production, how it came together, everything felt so real. But imagine how that would do if you had multiple teams, or you're talking about different storylines within the league. It would just be so much different. I think it becomes much more immersive when we step outside of just bringing in players and owners and actually getting real fans. I 100% agree with you. I saw that. Documenting that Baltimore did, I thought it was wonderfully done. I talked to TJ; he said it took him forever to get it to get it done, but it was it was well put together, man. Yeah, it was, and that's what I'm saying. I think that when I see these innovations, and I always talk about so Demond when he was in the documentary, he had, and I thought I thought he had two screens next to his his thing, right? Like like kind of like a presser. I thought he made his own press box and everything like that, and kind of was giving a, a inside look in that sense. But imagine if you were able to be like, hey, Eddie, go ahead, buy some monitors, get yourself, you know, the Scorpions logo and all this other stuff in the background. And now after the game, we're going to have post-game analysis. And we're going to interview the, the, the owner at that time, right? Like how crazy would that be, right? One, that gives such an immersive experience. Two, it allows you to be the face of your brand. So now people associate, oh, Eddie Gage with Arizona, right? Like even more as as fans, and you just build you just build it up from there. Like I I don't know, like you're right. I think putting a cap would be definitely hard, but to see what we could potentially get to in that future of the league, that's my future. Is like constant content, constant things of this sort where we can, like you know, just like that. That what TJ did in that documentary set a standard of what could potentially happen for anybody. And I think you're right. Yeah. It was tastefully done. It was like the cut, the stock footage he used, um, the way that he highlighted every player that was involved, the story about the Dags, uh, uh, the, um, was it Dags? It's not Dags. What was the Dazos? The Dazos, right? Um, like just all that together, it was such a great experience. And imagine if we had that for a lot of people or, a, like uh, similar to a good morning, uh, good morning football, you know, a similar thing like that where you're able to watch, wake up in the morning and watch some SFL content and recaps of the game. You know, that's the kind of things that I'm thinking of when it comes down to the future of this league. But, Eddie, if you have anything else, uh, you go ahead and share. If not, we're, we're going to continue, I think, kind of the where the future of the league may go. And if anybody else wants to call in, they can call in at 516-418-5467. Uh, just that, um, like I said, it's been a long off season, man. I've been spending, I mean, I, I, didn't, I haven't had much of a break at all. I mean, about maybe a week or so after the season ended, I started working on the offensive playbook because that was Arizona's deficiency last season. And man, dude, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing, uh, for the most part, but you never know how it looks until you face live opposition, you know. But from what I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, you know, our offense is a lot better than what it, it was this past season. But uh, like I say, I'm, I'm just waiting for the season to start. And um, man, we got Baltimore on ring night of all nights. <laughs> you know, when they get that championship ring, so uh, it'll be a fun experience. But I just can't wait to be a part of it. And hopefully, I don't let these guys down because my, like, I, as I said before, you know, my. Biggest fear, my biggest fears have always been. You now I want to give the guys in Arizona 
and gown, excuse me, a great experience. And I think not only having, I mean, winning is always a part of it, but also wanting to enjoy being with each other in the locker room and, you know, enjoy each other's company. So I try to always draft and pick up people who I think would be a good mixture with the team. But winning cultivates all of that and, and just makes it even better experience. You know, we got four wins our first season, five last season. I'm looking for a playoff push this season, despite our schedule and despite our division. I'm trying so hard, man. I mean, I, I see I'm nonstop trying different things, and I'm hoping that it all comes together for us this season. We can turn that corner and get to the playoffs, man, because I'm I'm out here grinding too hard for us not to, and I just can't wait to kick this thing off and – uh See how it all plays out. Arizona, I love y'all, and i see y'all soon. Yep. <laughs> and, Eddie, yeah. you know it's going to yeah. be love when we play you. I say it all the time, right? It's all love when we play this this season. Um, but I know you put in the work. I know you put in the a lot of time. I wonder between your international travels and your and you simming, you must have, like, a portable Xbox with you. So I take it with me. Because <laughs> you Where I go, literally go. have – I know you you be swimming like crazy, and then I know um, you're always active. And then every time I look, you're in a new city. I'm wondering when you're gonna join coming to Maryland or DC because I feel like that's the next stop on your tour. But thank you again, Eddie. Man, you have a good night. For sure, you too. All right, and we got a yeah. We got another call. Seven 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 zero. You're on the air. What's up? Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, Ashley, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm chilling, just listening to the show as usual. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to give my two cents, but, hey, first off, Bernard, that was absolutely an amazing time um, having you on the show. I know why you and Nelson are so cool, you know, because both of y'all are two cool <laughs> brothers, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to definitely working with you this this, this season. We appreciate that, actually. You know, uh, Bernard put me under his wing when I came to that store and um, made sure I felt like family. So I appreciate him for uh, bringing me in and making sure I had a good experience at that store. That's how me and him became so close, and I saw him grow to the uh, leader that he is now. And I know he has even more growth to go. So thank you, Ashley. I know you were talking about in the chat about – your game that was impactful, which was Atlanta versus Baltimore. So you mind uh, kind of sharing more information about that? Mm. Really, it was the fact that Atlanta and Baltimore won the championship. Um, there are certain teams that I normally go for, and it's no, not to knock anybody else, not to say, you know, I don't care for anybody else. Lord knows I don't want to get that, you know, put that out there. But, you know, with – Atlanta being my hometown team, and, you know, I know people from Baltimore, you know, we're real cool, so I typically tend to um, go with them, you know, to win their games. But just to see those guys win their respective championships made me feel good, even though I'm not on the team. Got a lot of friends over there. And, like, I know how hard each coach works. You know, Mark is doing it all by himself on the offense and defense. Um, that doesn't have a general manager, you know. Well, at least back when he, I think when he won, they did. Um, and I know that's a lot of work. And um, Josh was telling me that he literally, after the game is played, he literally starts on the next game that night. Like there is no rest. There is no off time for him, you know. And with Baltimore, you know, they've been around forever. And just to see them win that championship and – um, to see that beautiful video that TJ put together, you know, kind of encompassing the whole season and their their trial and errors and Dazzle leaving and replacing them with Jack Rigmore. You didn't really know how it was going to go, and then all of a sudden they went to rain. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole story and everything, and, that's what kind of gave me the inspiration of saying, like, to Eddie, right, like, with the future of the league being mm-hmm. of the kind of that story, right, the, the, like, think of it, like, 
imagine that it was like I told him about the Arizona Scorpions, right? 30 for 30, or like the start of your season, right? Like from free agency to the start of the season, right? Them filming you, Eddie, right? Um, getting ready for the draft, getting ready for your free agents, what kind of free agent situations can happen, right? Given the background of these stories, I feel like that that's something that is the the future of of this league where content providers content creators as ourselves right kind of share that I forgot which team there was a team that did a um goodness somebody i want to say it was Andy in Vancouver I don't remember who the player was, but they ended up filming. Was it maybe Andy? I don't know. But anyways, they ended up filming, talking to the player, and saying, "Hey, you, um, you, you know, we're gonna take you in this next pick right here." You, oh no, you know what? It was must. I think it was the Toros. So, mm-hmm. um, but essentially, like, think if we really had that, right? That would be such an awesome experience, and then it helps you buy in to the Bernard Smith, you know. Hopefully, Bernard Smith uh-huh. has a great season, right? I, I don't know. The guy's kind of a, a interesting character sometimes. But then you kind of follow that, and then that builds real fans to Bernard where they saw his rookie season when he was drafted, his experience, right? How cool would it be if in that in that video or documentary they were able to do that? I mean, I think it would be pretty cool. You know, it kind of reminds me of Hard Knocks on HBO. Start exactly. off, you know, while they're in the training. You know, you see them out there practicing and stuff like that. You see the, you know, game clips of somebody messing up. And then coach be like, yeah, bro, I don't know if he's going to make it, you know. <laughs> you know. So you have all those different aspects, and I think that is great to watch, you know. And the league has grown so significantly, even from me entering in the league in season 12 to watching it grow to season 16, there have been strides that only, like, the RFL and other esports leagues wish they could be, you know, on that level. And so that's one of the reasons why I enjoy being here is because it's more than just us watching these guys play on the field. First of all, they represent us. Secondly, you have the live broadcasters that bring life and bring color to everything, and then when game time is everybody's chilling, you know, they have the Nelson, you know, Dave Astley's show. They have my show. They have um, Coach's Corner with Brian Craven to kind of entertain them in between the games, whereas in season 12, we didn't necessarily have that. So it was like a long off season that we waited until, like, it felt like years that you were waiting, but it was only a few months, you know. And and even Tyler Fox show, uh, Netma, you know, it's it's yeah. it's great to just see how much it's grown, you know, going even even going to TV, you know, so yeah, the 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 league future is very bright, and as long as everybody keeps playing their part and doing the best that they can, it could the sky is the limit. You know? Do you think that it could get so, you know? Do you think they will get to a point where the league will start absorbing? Like, so right now we have a couple things that are outsourced, right? So we have our merch outsourced at the moment with Sector Six. We have our helmets mm-hmm. outsourced with with uh, uh, is it called Team Ninety Seven Productions or Ninety Seven Team Productions? I may be mixing it up, but I know that mix of names are there, right? Because we just joined them mm-hmm. uh, to, to start having mini helmets. Do you see a point mm-hmm. where the ends up absorbing these, these companies, right, to make it where it's all in-house in a sense, right? Like, you know, when, when you hit, go to the SFL, you buy off of there, you know, we get more of that proceeds, you know, and we, we don't have, we can cut out the middleman. Like, do you see that maybe being a future as well as the league, if, if things start coming in-house where we can get create more of a generative revenue so that can kind of help pay for certain innovations in the league? Yes, I can see that. Simply because you have people from all walks of life in the league that have graphics as their daytime job or radio as their daytime job or, hey, I, I know people. And it's all about networking, right? So 
if I know someone that has the hookup in, let's say, one of the top, ESPN, right? Who's to say that, that person, you know, they're a player, they've grown in the league and say, you know what, let me see if ESPN will go ahead and pick this up, you know? Or even even like with James Richards. I know James Richards actually had his own um, um, clothing, I mean, not clothing line, but like um, he was doing graphics for a minute and, and designs for the league and, and, and um, apparel. So if you get with somebody like that that's already in the league, yeah, it definitely happen. It's just about who you know. And thank goodness that we have shows like this and when we ask questions like who are you, what do you do, what have you done, Cam can hear this and be like, hmm, let me go ahead and reach out to him. You know, maybe we can all work something out so I don't have to outsource it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, you see the comments of how, and I, I just always think, like, what's the future, right? Like, imagine if Cam had a way to absorb a company and say, hey, look, you now work for the SFL, right? You, you, you know, you're going to have orders come in, it goes through, and then that gets recycled back into the league. Like, that generated revenue that will help with whatever expansions they want to do. I think um, that's kind of the next move because, you know, you see – the stories that come from, and that's nothing against, right? Like, I understand, like, it must be really difficult to to get certain things in order, right? When it comes down to buying merchandise. We have, and, and, and shout out to Eddie, because he, he, it's 97 Sports Promotion. I'm so sorry. So it's 97 Sports Promotion is who we're with that we do our helmets with. Um, but it's just, again, like, I think the part that becomes difficult when you see the feedback about working with, with different um different companies is that the communication, the communication is one, the ability to adapt and change is an opportunity. And then the quality control, right? Like I think you expect one thing and when you get the other, like let's, 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 I mean, let's keep it a buck, right? Like um, the sizing of the jerseys has been a big complaint for everybody, right? The communications mm-hmm. on when your stuff is coming in, where's you know that that kind of feel, right? You don't get a message saying, "Hey, your jersey's in production." Hey, your jersey's being quality checked. Hey, your jersey's now being sent out. This is your tracking number, right? Like, it's not a walkthrough experience, especially when we drop in some some pretty hefty bread to 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 these companies, right? And mm-hmm. I just think, like, hey, if we could literally bring that in-house, then there can be more quality control. They'd be like, hey, you are representing solely the SFL, so we have to give that experience like we do for our people in our Discord and in our in our community, the same experience when buying their merchandise and things of that sort. Yeah, I agree. And it would cut down on a lot of the, the uncertainty because I do know when I ordered my items from Chapter six. It did take a while for it to get here. It took like a month, and he's just in California. You know what I mean? Now, granted, COVID things happen. You know, people are running skeleton shifts on FedEx, UPS, US, you know, postal service, and things like that. I get that. You know, but if you say that your product is going to be here within a certain amount of time, then you need to make sure that you do that. You know, you'll get the people. It's just that. People, if you promise them something, they want you, especially if they're spending their money on it. Yeah. They definitely want their product in the way they want it. And I would love to see them sell women apparel. Maybe we can get with yeah. someone that actually has um, shirts and stuff for women since we do have a lot more women in the league. Maybe more accessories yeah. like face masks. Everybody needs a mask. I don't know why you don't make yep. them. You can make so yep. much money, you know? So, yeah. yeah, I think that's- – yeah, I think those are really good suggestions. And, and like I said, I'm just always trying to think what can the league do for the future, it, just because you always see where the future ends up going. So, you know, for me, if we could find a way of, of getting an in-house company to work with us, like in a sense that they're like, hey, you know, it's like the six, like I said, there's nothing against it. It's just you hear about feedback. I heard they had a Discord and had no idea that they have a Discord, and that's probably the easiest way to get in contact with them. Um, but then mm. you hear the horror stories of, like, again, shirts not coming out or, or jerseys coming out with the wrong names or no names or wrong numbers uh, to 
the cuts. You know, I'm, I, I buy a, a jersey at an XL, but that that is really a two X, right? Like mm-hmm. information of this sort that you kind of feel like, man, as a company, you really want to hear it. And I give you like my own example. Every day I go into my mail to see if I got an update on this Portland sweater that I ordered. And I the last email I got from it is, hey, we received your order. That's cool. That's an awesome, you know, to let me know. But I think at the end of the day, I also would like to know if it's in production, if where is it moved in the system, you know, are you guys like, what, you know, just certain things that kind of make me feel like the ball is rolling versus sitting here and being like, hey, I'm going to wait for this one email, and, you know, hopefully it says, hey, your shirt's on the way, or your, your sweater's on the way. If it's not, then cool. And it's the same thing kind of right now. We are trying to see how 97 um, sports, uh, uh, you know, kind of comes through with these helmets, right? Like, I haven't had a, a chance personally to take a look at it, but what I'm seeing on their side of everything is awesome. But, again, they they gave me – they sent me saying, hey, your order was received, now, hopefully, I hope I receive something saying, hey, now it's moved on into the production standpoint. So at least I feel some type mm-hmm. of traction being moved versus just waiting two, three, four weeks. And then the other issue I had was I didn't even know how long it takes for these to get here. Right? So I, I swear mm-hmm. to you on everything, I looked on everywhere on the website to try to see if what's the turntable. That's one thing that I do like about Sector 6 is that they do give you a turntable, like a, tur- a, a turnaround time where they're like, hey, this is how long it'll be with the jersey. This is how long it'll be with X, Y, Z. And then, you know, again, due to COVID, it's 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 a long experience. But I appreciate that because at least, you know, I understand what I'm looking forward towards because all this stuff is, is something that we care about. And you said it. It's hard-earned money. I mean, shoot, for me to drop 100 dollars on two jerseys, I'm putting up my hard-earned cash to try to get this stuff done. And I think it's just that experience that's kind of key. But do you have anything else, Ashley, to add about the future of the league or impactful games? Um. Oh, man, besides that one I was telling you about in the chat with uh, the Florida Storm and the Seattle Tyrants, oh, my God. Listen, they was winning the whole entire game. Florida was winning. And we were like, oh, man, and this was literally – and I think I actually had it wrong. It wasn't three seconds left. It was one second. But – it was like maybe 50 seconds left. Everybody was like, yeah, you know, congratulations, Storm. Do you think Mighty, Mighty said, hey, guys, game's still not over. You have to wait until those triple zeros, and I will always remember that statement, and I will always use that because he said it, and it was so true at that point. And they kicked the ball off, and I think they only had like about 20 seconds left, something crazy like that. And so – Seattle was steady marching downfield, and it came down to Jaquez Luendola. I hope I pronounced his last name right. He threw that Hail Mary. It was caught. I forgot who caught it and ran into the end zone. It was heartbreak central for Florida at the time. I mean, well, in the last storm. Um, And we, like, all of our faces dropped. Because we just knew they were going to win the game. They've been winning this whole time. And it was just uh, the the drama and the emotional content that happened. Even with the announcement, they were freaking out. Everybody in chat was just like, oh, man, this is crazy. That is one game that will forever stick in my memory. Yeah, I got to go Yeah, those games that seem to come back from nowhere seem to be like those most impactful games because you honestly didn't see it coming, right? And that's one thing, yeah, you're right. Like, there'll be game, like two, three minutes on the game and, and, and some people are already like, GG, right? GG to the other team and you're like, hey, an example like like Bob Funk talked about, fourth quarter, all of a sudden Portland turns it up and Bill wins the game against a great team in Houston, right? So... Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it, those kind of games where you come, where people are coming from back from behind, are really huge and really make mm-hmm. an impact. So, uh, thank you again, Ashley. I appreciate you calling in. Um, you have a wonderful evening. All right, you too, brother. I'll continue listening. All right, thank How you. Mean? So, KT and Bernard, what are your thoughts of future of the league? Like, where do you see the next steps, and what do you think about some of the suggestions that were talked about tonight? 
honestly, it kind of sparked sparked an idea that I had. Um, yeah, I'd love to have like like post game interviews and things like that. You know how I I sit here like whenever the Giants finish their game or we had an atrocious weekend or something like that. I'll go and watch and I want to hear what the coach thinks. What was his thoughts across what just happened, what we just watched? You know what I mean? Like it's, I think that would add a very interesting aspect, you know, if we had an opportunity to get an interview with the coach after the game or interviews with some of the players, even though we don't have any control over what, what's going on on the field, but just, you know, the thought process. I think, yeah, I think um, to have that, to have them share what the game plan might have been going in, right? Because you don't want to give no competitive – insight before the game but after the game it's cool to say hey i was coming in here they have a great you know run team and i wanted to make sure i could stop it or they are really great with you know downfield passes so we try to do xyz or vice versa right i think it'd be awesome i know that would put a lot of stress on some of these coaches just because again your work is being critiqued in a sense but that's what people want to see. You said it right. Like, how many times have you caught me listening to Ron Rivera sharing about, you know, the NFC uh, East, yep. by the way? Um, yeah. Speak about it, right? And then we can even speak about the recent drama with how Joe Judge came out speaking about Doug Peterson's decision, how he would never do that, right? How there's a standard to have in the league. It created a mm-hmm. lot of conversation where there were some people who had Joe Judge back. And saying, hey, look, we understand you, you want to – this is what your mindset is and your mentality to backlash saying, Where, who are you, Joe Judge? You can't even win the NFC East. Who's really look, opinion hey, you going to hey. give when you, were, when you were a special teams coach? He's There's said, a lot of shit. There's a lot of shade being thrown right now. He said – He said before he made team, that he comment. Special <laughs> team self over there. Share your comments <laughs> yourself. But I, we, I, I feel attacked. I feel attacked right now. Any comments. Right. Said, As I was saying, he said so. prior to that. <laughs> he no, said but prior to that. Just right. to put the disclaimer it, it, out there, he said that they had 16 opportunities. So he put the disclaimer that he wasn't putting it on the Eagles, but he did make the statement that they should have played that whole game. <laughs> Look here, and now, you know now me way too well to now, know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but anyways, right, I think it, you're right. I think how we can connect as much as possible is going to get us more viewership. So if people can know who the actual coaches are, who the actual yep. owners are, who the actual players are, then it creates a real fan base. And that's the part that I think is where I want to get to is real fan base watching. You're not solely watching because you're part of the, part of the SFL community. You're watching because I'm a, I'm a supporter of the Arizona Scorpions or the Portland Fleet or the Baltimore Vultures or, you know, whoever it is. And you're tuning in to see how your team does. And I love, you know, seeing, you know, KT on the field. And now I'm a huge KT fan. And now I want to follow KT. And I want to see his career and where he ends. You know what I'm saying? Like what he ends up doing mm-hmm. and, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think – that's the next place. It will take a comfort level, though, right? Like, now you're talking about our faces being out there for people to judge and see. And I don't know how that reaction will be for many people to say, hey, I'm okay with getting criticized or or kind of looked at saying you're the face of the organization. You know, while you're, while you're just trying to sometimes do this for fun, right? <laughs> you're doing this for fun and somebody's like, yo, F, F them. They they suck. Get a new coach. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's be very difficult <laughs> no, I uh, for that. anybody to digest. So. But KT, do you have anything? What do you what do you think the future of the league will go? I mean, at the end of the day, and you mentioned how the league is it, the league's content creators, we're also we're content providers. And we're seeing for Florida fans, we're seeing with eleven sports. And I feel like there's such a a, a rush for content on Channels like 11 Sports, channels like a BN Sport, NBC Sports, where I see like car auctions all day. There's always going to be a drive for content. So I feel like the league's in a good spot because you're putting up this good content. It's done professionally. It looks good. 
So I think the the deeper we go into the content, the deeper we add more content, like you mentioned, a pregame show, postgame show. I know Cam talked talk last week about like a um, like a bridge show in between games. So if a game ends early for 3 o'clock, there would be like a 2.45, 3 o'clock bridge show to kind of keep everybody up to date what's going on and keep people there. I feel like with that, the, the league grows. Like content is king at this point in, in entertainment and radio and TV, everything like that. So I feel like if we keep pumping up the content, we'll have a place to go. And I feel like eventually, you know, 11 sports is good. I saw, that's how I watch a lot of the games on 11 sports because you know, Verizon Files carries it. But eventually, those bigger networks are going to be looking for content, especially we just had a pandemic when there was no sports. And, you know, mm-hmm. networks were looking for something to play. There wasn't a lot to mm-hmm. play. There's only so many times I could watch, you know, Bulls Jazz game six when Jordan hit the shot. Where I'm like, okay, can we watch something else? <laughs> so at some point, you know, that, that content awesome. that we kick out and push, those those networks are like, we want that. Especially when we do play, we play at a really good time in the year. You know, from now yeah. and from January to the end of the season, it's kind of a dead spot. So. Networks are always looking for that. So I think that's the future of the league. The future of the league is being content providers and having the content to go to networks and go, hey, we got this. We can give you 16 weeks of good good football that you will actually like and your your viewers will actually like, and we already have a built-in fan base. We want to build it, and we can, yeah. you can help us. I think that's the future. Yeah. So I think uh, – yeah, I think that's the, the key thing because you hear a lot of the stories of, hey, I was scrolling through, right, the TV, and boom, I saw a game. But then afterwards, like I've heard a couple of stories where they're like, yeah, you know, I watched the game, but then I didn't know where to get more of it. So then I kind of had to peruse around the same time and then try to see if I could find it again. Like think about if you could have a one-source place where you watch it where, you know, again, like how many times have we gone into – for the fans or 11 sports and it's about robot poker you're like is the game even on right <laughs> and then finally after the robot port- poker then it's boom straight to the SSL so if we had a way to like you said think about it on a Sunday now me and I don't ever get off Sunday Bernard does you know he got that sweet schedule but you know imagine on Sunday you start your day right you get up in the morning you have your breakfast you turn on the TV to whoever it is on your favorite fo- football teams right like what they're talking about and you watch it right is it good morning football is it you know um gosh what can i think of it uh the one with Shannon Sharp and uh homeboy gosh first thing uh, undisputed 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 oh. undisputed um, my bad you know just like all these shows that you have that you can kind of lead up into the week and then you also have the content that again you had the pre-game show where they're talking about your team and then they lead into the game then they go into the studio and so on and so forth and you know it becomes an experience where you know anybody if you i don't know in the world if you if you've never seen football but there's pretty sure there's places in the world that don't know about american football right but they can tune in, they can follow and follow what they like, and then it ends up being more of an immersive experience where you have a fan in, I don't know, China, right, who really enjoys this because of what they see. And I feel like that's going to be the next couple steps for us to get that exposure that we really see fit. Yeah, and I think it's, so, I think it's a matter of time. I, I definitely think it's a matter of time before that happens. And, you know, you see the league expanding and you're seeing – you know, the word getting out and the more sponsors we get and that's money. Yeah, that's more money that comes in. So I, I definitely think that it's not a, a situation oh we're like ten years away. This this is gonna happen sooner and later. Yeah. I think I think it has to happen sooner because now you're becoming to the point and they ha- again, automation still needs to happen. Once that automation happens, I think that would be key. To expand and grow where the, the players won't have that much of a lull. And I think having that can kind of create where we we create a little bit of a different experience as well. I, just like I said, the expansions of, of, of roster spots and expansions of teams will give more providing a, a more realistic opportunity where we can talk about real trades of players or real trades of, of certain things like that, similar to how you have in the NFL. But, you know, We'll see. We'll see what the first baby step is, which I think is is um, 
is going to be that um, automation and then maybe potentially having a show. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting future for the SFL uh, as we move on. Getting closer to the season. We're getting closer. Our time is up here. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for your calls. Talking about impactful games, future of the league. Friday night, Nelson will be back with Inside the League, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. on the West Coast, if you're listening. Um, we'll be back on Monday to go more in-depth as we get closer to the start of season 16 of the SFL. So for Nelson, for Bernard, I'm Khalil KT. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday and next Monday night here on the Audible. <laughs>